All right. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will be with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Uh, we need you. We need a word from you. Uh, we need encouraged by you. And uh, God, we ask for great and unsearchable things that we don't know. We don't even know what we need, what to ask for, Lord. The words aren't there, but the heart is there. And uh, so we ask for, for that thing, what it is uh, that you have for us. And so please be with us. Uh, speak to us. Use me as an empty vessel. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to uh, talk to you. We've been talking about uh, the Exodus. We've been talking about uh, a time when you've had to leave seasons of life. And we've been walking through Exodus. Thank you so much. Uh, but you need to understand the, the story of the children of Israel, of God's people, leaving the land of Egypt is there in Exodus, but their entire acquisition of the promised land, their journey through the wilderness goes through far more than just Exodus. In fact, the first five books in your Bible, which maybe you didn't even know that there were books in the Bible. You're like, what do you mean books of the Bible? The Bible is a book. The Bible is actually a small library, and it contains 66 books. The first 39 books are the Old Testament, and the next 27 are the Old Testament. So there's the story of God creating uh, the world, choosing his people, promising that through this people a Messiah would come, and then there is Jesus coming. That's when we begin the New Testament. So uh, it's all one story, though. So you've, if you've been following me, you know that this entire trip out of the Exodus is dripping with symbolism. Pharaoh is going to represent Satan. Egypt is going to represent the world, the land of Goshen where the children stay. This is, this is kind of uh, the, the church. And so they were baptized going through the Red Sea. And then they went into the wilderness. And the wilderness is that transition in between out of slavery and into the promised land, right? And that's the wilderness, and that's where we live today, is in the wilderness, because we're out of slavery. If you are a believer in Christ, He has taken you from your old self. That's what baptism is, right? I've died to myself. I'm no longer a slave to myself, to my sinful nature. I am something new, but I'm not yet in the promised land, right? So the kingdom of heaven is already, but it's not yet. So we have it, but we're not there, okay? So it is just dripping with symbolism. But as the children walk through the wilderness, they are tested. Because God is looking for those who want to follow him. And I don't know if you know this about God, but he will not force you to follow him. And so, uh, as we know about God, so go we, right? We're supposed to do this. And so, if you are trying to force someone into being a Christian, listen, we tried that for many, 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 many years, and it did not work, okay? In fact, that's why you are in a Protestant church today. We protested that. Look, this is not working. This is not working. You cannot force it. And so I know that there are people that you are trying to argue into the kingdom of God. Uh, how many of you have argued somebody in the kingdom of God so far? Nobody? Okay. Uh, but many of you have loved someone into the kingdom of God. And so that is the way that your, your father treats you. And so he was showing love to the people while they were in the wilderness because they had nothing. But he would give them springs of water. He would give them all of these 
uh, things, right? And he would meet their needs, and he's showing them, I will take care of you. Now, let's take that thought and just set it here for a moment, and let's work with a new thought for a second. I want to I talk about a new, very sensitive subject. I want to take you back to junior high for just a moment. I want to take you back to junior high for just a minute. And uh, now I'm going, to, I'm, going to use, I'm going to use the man's perspective because I'm a man. Okay, so ladies, uh, forgive me, but you'll have to like extrapolate your experience into this. And we'll all, we'll all share in this humiliation and just leave depressed today. Okay? But there was a girl that you liked, you like-liked, and so, you know, you wanted to, I don't know what you called it, my dad was always talking about people going steady, and I'm like, you're so old, what does that even mean? And I, I said, we're going out, and now my kids are like, going where? What does that mean? Like some sort of dating, but it's weird, because in junior high, you got no wills, you're not dating, you're not going on a date, okay? Uh, now I guess they can do that like virtually or whatever, but... You wanted to be more than friends. You liked her, but you like liked her. And so maybe there was that time when you were like, today's the day I become a man. And you go in for a kiss, and she, she jukes you. She used that tight end swim move, and, and she gives you a peck on the cheek. And that is your official stamp. Once you get that peck on the cheek, you know you are in the friend zone. You nailed it. You are in the friend zone. There's some junior high boys in here going, oh, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. No, I'm, 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 being, I'm being serious. Uh, it happened. It happened to all of us. And, and the problem always comes with the following question. Well, why can't we just be friends? Now, we're going to get an answer to that later. We're going to get an answer to that later because I have a feeling there's some wisdom in this room for that question. But I'm sorry, that is so distracting. Man, I'm like, I, I know the number of the guy, and I'm like, I'm going to stop and call this guy right now. Uh, let me take you into Numbers. So we're still in the wilderness in Numbers. The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, the first five books in the Bible, sometimes you know them as the Law, the Mosaic Law, the Pentateuch, uh, the Torah. But we're, we're in Numbers, but the people are still in the wilderness. So at this point, God has tested his people, okay? We're, we're, we're going to set aside the friend zone for just a second and, and come back here. And, and we'll pour these two glasses together in just a minute. But uh, we are going to uh, go, go into numbers. And at this point, the, the people have been in the wilderness for quite some time. And God is testing them. Now, I actually have a list. I can, I can email it to you this week if you, if you want a list just out of curiosity. But God has been testing the people to see if they wanted to be in a serious relationship or if they were going to put him in the friend zone. You see how we're going to merge these two? Okay. And, and, and Numbers chapter 14, verse 20. I've got all the scripture up on the screen. Nobody expected you to be a Bible scholar. In fact, if you don't have a Bible... 
you, you know that mama packed it in your trunk years ago and it's in the closet somewhere you don't know where it is, take one. They're in the foyer. It's our joy. It is our joy for you to take a Bible. Take it. Write numbers. Write on your connection card. I didn't get a connection card. Write it on your hand. I didn't get a pen. Put it in your phone. I want you to read these things, okay? Numbers chapter 14, verse 20 through 38. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested. Yet as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in, in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have despised me will see it. No one who has seen all of these miraculous things that I have done these ten times will get to go into the promised land. And this is interesting because we just got out of Egypt where God let the people go through ten plagues. And now the children of Israel are going to go into the wilderness and they're going to be tested ten times. Just like Egypt was tested ten times. So ten in the Bible is going to be the number of testimony. And it is God's testimony to the people that they have denied them. Now, it was significant for you that they get 10 shots at this. But don't think that you only get 10 shots because I promise you if you're here and you're over the age of two days old and you can fog a mirror, you have already failed more than 10 tests. Okay? So don't, don't, this is, this is not a prescription for your life. This is just a description. God is giving a testimony. He says, I'm giving you a chance. He gave the people 10 miraculous signs and they denied him. We're talking about the people who cried out from slavery, no weapons, no way to get out. God let us go. And God makes these, I mean, the Nile River turns to blood, frogs, gnats come. Uh, I mean, all of these, all of these plagues are going to come. There is a, there is a tornado of fire that follows the people. The Red Sea is going to part. All of these miraculous things they are going to see just to cross the sea and deny God ten times. So what does this tell us? Faith... Okay, careful with this. Faith may have nothing to do with your story and everything to do with your actions. Now, your story may be where you found faith, but if you're still living today off of yesterday's story, how are you going to do in that test? I'm, I'm so pumped for you that you have a story, and I hope that you remember it. Because, man, even in the car, you got a big windshield, but we do have a rear view because we need to look back sometimes. But, dude, look at the size of this windshield. Look forward. You're going to have to apply what you learned from that story. You don't have faith. So the people had a story, and they're like, bro, you should have been there. And then God sets them up with something, and they're like, I just don't know if he can pull this off. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So faith is something that you need to apply. In fact, we're going to say that the application of faith is belief. I believe 
that this is going to happen. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but have eternal life. So I'm glad you have a story, but bro, you can't live off of your old story. I'm glad that, I mean, you think, think back to the best ribs you've ever eaten. R- ribs are my love language. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm having an affair on street tacos right now. I mean, between the two, I'm currently seeing a few foods, okay? But man, I love them. But listen, I, last time I had ribs was months ago. I've had to eat since then. Man, you got a cool story to tell. That's awesome. But you got to eat. God wanted to be their provider, and he kept giving them opportunities to trust him to provide, having proved himself that he would provide, but where's your faith? They failed ten times. They just weren't sure if God could pull it off. Now, in this particular instance, what has happened is that Moses has gone up on the mountain to receive instruction from the Lord, and while he is gone, he's gone for like 40 days, and the people said, I'm, listen, you need to read the story. The people are like, hey, we don't know where Moses is going. We filled out a missing persons report, and nothing has come up. So they go to Moses' brother Aaron, and they're like, make us new gods. And we're like, that is so foolish. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, they're like, make us new gods. And so they all take off gold, gold that that God had blessed them with as they left Egypt. And they threw it into a fire and just out pops this golden calf. And when Moses comes down, sporting the Ten Commandments, 40 days later, he walks in on, the Bible calls it revelry. They were doing dirty, dirty things around a big golden calf that they were giving credit for bringing them out of Egypt. A God that they had created. Listen, man, in 2023, when we worship other gods, it's gods that we have created. It is personas that we have created. It is lifestyles that we have created It is idols that we have created. So careful throwing shade. We're not doing a whole lot better sometimes. So, God kept giving them tests. And this was the tenth one. And finally he said, I'm done. You will not see. Your children will get to go in. But anybody right here that's over the age of 20... You will never enter into my rest. Ooh, maybe that's a New Testament quote. Let's see. Six days of creation, God says, and the sun set and the sun rose, and that was day one. That was day two. That was day three. That was day four. That was day five. That was day six. And God saw it and saw that it was good. But day seven has not ended yet. He is still in that rest, and we go to enter into that rest. He said, you will not enter my rest. You will not enter into the promised land. Only those who fully trust in me. Only those who will commit to me and not put me in the friend zone. God doesn't share people. 
in the same way that I'm not sharing. Well, that just makes it weird, doesn't it? In the same way that any of us say, you know, in a committed relationship, we don't see other people. That's what it means to be in a committed relationship. God wants a committed relationship, and, and we, we want to friend zone God for the same reason that you got friend zoned in junior high. Because somebody was going, well, if I don't find someone better, <laughs> I want to keep you close. And that's what hurts so much, isn't it? It is so sad we don't have tissue in here today because we all have this 13-year-old story. And somebody was trying to keep us hanging around just in case they didn't find anything better. And man, what a place to be in. And God don't play that game. But just in case my career doesn't give me enough money to never need you again, <laughs> I'll keep you around. So they didn't go to the promised land. Wait, what is the promised land? Promised land represents what? Heaven? Good thing this is Old Testament because now everybody gets to go to heaven, right? Oh, we got to talk about this for just a second. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Can we get a rewrite on the Bible, please? In that whole story, nobody got to go into the promised land except for two, Joshua and Caleb, because he sent them. Ooh, was that the tenth one? I may be wrong. Because at some point they had to go spy on the land and come back. I'm confused on which one was the tenth one. But if I gave you nine or ten, I don't know. But there was a man named Joshua and Caleb. They were sent to spy out the land. God said, go look at the promised land and see if you could take it. Uh, and all these guys go, but only two come back and say, yes, our God can do it. We can take the land. And so Joshua and Caleb, they get to enter into the promised land and nobody else does because most people will not have faith but only two of the ones that were sent out were going to have faith listen church uh, just because you are in the minority in your faith doesn't mean that you're wrong necessarily in fact God says that broad is the road that leads to destruction many will find it so if you're following the majority you're probably on the wrong path and I don't bring this to you out of out of cynicism I bring this to you out of theology it's just, this is just what the Word says. Following the pack is not always the right thing to do. Let's keep going in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father in heaven, of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. That is not culturally sensitive. Lawbreaker, depart from me. This is not what this, I have never seen a TikTok video about this. It's in the word. It's in the word. God says, don't try to put me in the friend zone. I want to be yours and you be mine, and I will never leak you, leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. I will always provide for you. I am asking that you commit to me. And many will come and say, but Lord, Lord, didn't we kiss you on the cheek in junior high? But Lord, 
man, I was in church. I did all these things. And God was like, I asked you to go steady, man. I asked you to be committed. I never signed up in the friend zone. Here's the good news. Like, if we're going to compare this to a dating relationship, aren't I over my head a little bit? (laughs) Aren't I over my head a little bit? Listen, the Father pursues you. He told us in John chapter 10 that He came for all of you. He came so that none would be lost. If, If you're in this room today, if I can hold a mirror in front of your face and you can fog it up, He's pursuing you. He is pursuing you. You look in a mirror and see your body. He is looking at your soul. He is looking at your heart. And he loves it. It is his creation. It is his masterpiece. And he's proud of it. He likes it. He's pursuing you. He wants a marriage. Do you understand the marriage of the Lamb? This is what the book of Revelation is about. I've told y'all before that it was a Jewish custom. If I ask a woman to marry me, first off, I got to pay her dad how many ever goats, right? I got to pay the bride price, which Jesus did on the cross. And once I pay the bride price, I have to go back to my father's house and I have to make an addition to his home and I have to make it to his standards because these grooms were in a hurry. I have to make it to his standard. And once he approves what I have built for my bride, then I get to go and be with my bride. And we are waiting for him to come back and get his bride. We are the bride. I know if you're a dude in here, that's weird. But we are the bride of Christ. Stop assigning humanity to God. He's not a human. He's not a man. He's not a woman. We're the bride of Christ. We're the children of God. We are inheritors. He wants you, but he will not force you. This is good news. This is why they call it the good news. Why is it good news? Because he's prepared a mansion for you. And guess who he wants? Guess who he's pining for? You know what to me is the most loving thing about God? Not only that the hero would come for the villain, but that God would leave his throne and die for us, like I'm done there, but he still pursues you. Holy moly, wasn't that enough? And he still pursues you, and then we cheat. And then he still pursues you, and then we cheat. And then he still pursues you. That's love like a human can't understand. You are not so far gone. You are not far enough away. He's still pursuing. It's unbelievable. And so, so we, we feel like, and then this, listen, men, I, I can relate to you on this. Ladies, I, again, I, I, I fall short to put this in your perspective. But there are a lot of things that we do that look crazy to maybe the opposite sex, but to us, it's noble. For example, you walk away during an argument. And they're like, well, you're a coward. And you're like, you don't understand. I'm about to rip the sheet walk, rock off the walls and bite through the two before us. Like, it's noble for me to walk away right now. And somebody asked me to come to church, and you're like, listen, I'm not going to go in there and pretend like I've got it all together. It's noble for me not to go because I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so, like, I understand the thought process 
But it's the same thought process to say, I'm not going to take a bath because I'm not clean. It's, that, that, it's, it's sad. And I don't mean sad like pathetic, not looking down. Like Literally like tears to the eyes, sad. It was never about cleaning up first. It was never being good enough. It's about accepting pursuit from someone who loves you more than you love your own self. It's incredible. Now, we've got to finish our story. I've got to do this quickly. Justice, could you run me that microphone, please? Uh, I probably should not do this, and this may be a, a, a horrible disaster. A horrible disaster. Um, but I gave you the scenario, a junior high scenario, and I need, listen, I'm going to call it what it is. I need, I need a young dude, and I need an old dude. And I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to see if these will buzz on me as I go out in front of, in front of the speakers. Here's the scenario. You say, I want to go out with you Friday night. And she says, we can go out, but we will never be more than friends. All right, so first thing I need, I'm not going to embarrass somebody else's son because I already know. All right, Bodie, stand up. Bodie is 10. Bodie is 10. His name is Bodie. His nickname is Mac Daddy Bodie. All right, dude, go ahead and, go ahead and stand up here. Now, you, you have a girl, and you say, dude, stand up. All right, hold this microphone. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, you, you, you ask a girl, you say, hey, I want to go to the movies with you on Friday. And she said, I'll go with you, but I don't want to be your girlfriend. We'll never be more than just friends. What do you say? She tells you, she said, I'll go to the movies with you. You can buy me popcorn, but I, we will never be more than just friends. What do you tell that girl? I don't know. Does that hurt your feelings? I don't know. <laughs> you don't feel any kind of way about that? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to process. When you're 10, a lot of things are hard to process. Wisdom, wisdom sets here. Hey, I'm sorry for calling you old, brother, but you say, hey, I want to go out Friday night, and she says, okay, you can spend money on me, Jerry, but we'll never be more than just friends. What do you say? I don't believe I'm going out with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, listen, there's some wisdom in that. There's some wisdom in that because... You need to make your intentions known. But that wasn't my goal. You don't understand, I like you. And so when we can't find the courage to say, my intentions are to show you how much I like you, I think this could go farther. And she says, we'll never be more than just friends. Jerry says, I believe I'll pass on that. And that takes courage. You understand that God will not stay in the friend zone because He has made His intentions known to you. I want you for my own, not to share, worship no other gods before me. It was in the Ten Commandments long ago. He does not share your affections. He does not share your worship with 
anyone else. He has made his intentions known by dying for you and saying, die to yourself and live for me. He wants to be your father. He wants to be your husband. These are all, all human uh, things that we do that are meant to serve a greater purpose. They show us more about who God is. That's why I gave. Listen, marriage and parenting are two of the hardest things that you will ever do, and they're a gift from God. Fractions were one of the hardest things you ever had to learn in third grade, but your teacher brought in a pizza and gave you one slice and says, how much of this pizza do you have? And you, you had one-eighth of the pizza. And so it was a very difficult concept that was given to you, but you got to eat pizza, right? God is giving you a very difficult concept, teaching you about himself, and he does it through these things. And understand that he wants you for his own. He pursues you. You say, but I'm not worthy to be married. Listen, Romans 5, 6 through 8. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When did he die for you? While you were in your sin. How much did you cost? How bad have you been? that much and he made a sacrifice worthy expensive enough to pay for all of it for all of it for all times heaven is your home all you have to do is accept but he wants a committed relationship James chapter 4, verse 4. James, James is talking to the new church. This is the first book ever written in the New Testament. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? <laughs> what does he mean? Friendship to the world. Don't you understand that God wants a committed relationship and you just went on a date with somebody else? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Jesus wants you and he wants all of you. And so you, you guys know we're, we're going to do, do baptisms. And uh, in fact, those of you being baptized, if you, if you want to go ahead and come up, that would just be fantastic. But when you are baptized, I tell you guys all the time, man, I, I love it when people are baptized. I love it when people commit to the Lord but I don't like, now, will we do it? Yes, yes, we, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. I, I, I talk to everyone who's baptized. But I really don't like to see five and six-year-olds baptized. In the same way that I wouldn't like to see a five or six-year-old wedding ceremony. You don't understand the commitment. Does that make sense? And so... That's why we, I, I encourage you to wait for uh, some maturity in your children because, man, this puts a target on your back, right? This puts a target on your back. Think about this. What, what is this? This is my wedding ring, okay? And what does this mean to you? That I'm married. Now, if you see me out with 
a woman who's not my wife and I'm not married, you go, ah. Or not me, that's just a weird example. But you know what I'm saying. Anyone, you go, oh, hey, it's on a date. Hey, cool, cool, cool. But you see somebody with a ring on and that's not his wife and you're on a date. Wait a minute. In the same way, it puts a target on your back. Because this is your wedding ring. It doesn't save you in the same way that this ring doesn't make me married. Like, if I, I, I take it off right now, does it make me not married anymore? No, it's just a symbol of my marriage. But this is why I want maturity before people are baptized, because you are entering into a committed relationship. And church, this is... Man, as, as, as I'm reading this whole Exodus story, there's all these ten times that there was a temptation and the people failed. And all of those, man, I, I could preach about all ten of those and, and that would get a little old and there's just fantastic theology and things that really work for us. But if you step back and look at all of them, it's just shouting one thing. God wants you. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. Right? Hopefully if you are in a relationship, you don't expect someone else to be perfect because that will never be achieved. But I expected, expect you to be faithful. I expect you to be committed. And, and in my joy, I bless you. I commit to you. Church, this is not a prosperity gospel, but understand that you have a father who wants to give you good gifts. He wants to reward your faithfulness. You have a husband who wants to dote on you, who wants to bless you, who wants to give to you. We've all made mistakes, but the, the cool thing is, this relationship was with the most patient in the universe, the most forgiving in the universe. And if you wait to be cleaned up to enter into this relationship, it's just like waiting to take a bath before you can take a bath. He wants you now. That invitation is for you for all time as long as you draw breath on this place. This is your wilderness experience and your Father is calling you. Now, but before they come out, hold on. I, just, I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit maybe just is kind of giving me this. I want, you, I want you just to, just to analyze for a moment, because we're going to go into celebration, but I don't want to kill kind of the vibe that the Lord's got going on here. Man, I want you just to spend some time with the Lord. Worship team, I want you all to go ahead and come up. I want you to spend some time with the Lord. And I hope it's not just today. I want you to spend some time with the Lord. And, and man, God says, John chapter 1, verse 9, if you are faithful to confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins. He forgives and he wants commitment. If you feel like you cannot grow spiritually from the point that you are today, this is what I want you to do this week. I want you to pray and ask God to forgive you for those times that we've been unfaithful and we've all done it. We have all, can I get an amen? We have all done it. I want you to pray and ask God to forgive you for those times that you have been unfaithful and commit, commit to him. Cast out those, I'm, I'm talking metaphorically, those old girlfriend's numbers. 
Get those things off of your phone that take your faithfulness away from Him and commit. I want to pray for you, and then, and then we're going to do some baptisms. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be with us, that you will minister to us, that you will speak to us. God, I pray that you will lift a cloud off of somebody today, that you will free them, Father, from, from the feeling that they are not worthy to be forgiven, God. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with your mercy, Father. Free us from the feeling that we're not worthy, God. No one is worthy. Encourage us, God, with the hope. Encourage us with your forgiveness, God. Encourage us with your mercy. And God, I pray that somebody, instead of being deflated by their past, will be inflated, encouraged, pumped up because they've been given forgiveness and mercy and an opportunity to serve you all their days, to love you, to have a relationship, to receive blessing from you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. All right. Hey, listen, we've got some people who want to be baptized. And uh, I hope you pumped. Anybody pumped about that? Is that not cool? Watch people make eternal decisions. Okay, uh, June, I believe June is up first. I'm going to get the microphone because, as is my honor, I'm not going to be doing this. Awesome. Okay, so I, I am going to ask this part, though. June, in front of your church family, um, we've, we've spoken at length, the whole wedding ring analogy, all of it. Uh, June, this is a commitment to live for Jesus, to be faithful to Jesus. Are you ready for that commitment? Yes. Okay. Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you? Yes. Okay. You guys hear that? So uh, it is my honor to hand this over to Dad. All right, you can go ahead and step right here. Go to this end, and you can sit down. I don't want to drop the mic in there. <laughs> okay. My sister, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in death. Raised to walk in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ. Damn. Awesome. Hey, I'm telling you, this girl is a scholar. She knows what she's doing. I was so pumped to talk with her. Uh, not unlike Haley, come on out. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand here. You guys, this is Haley. And uh, Haley and I have had much conversation. She's totally pumped, been going to uh, 180, been going to the youth group for a long time now, and is a huge part of that, a huge encouragement to others, so the Holy Spirit is already using her in big ways. So I'm going to ask you, you love, do you just, you look at her and just love her. I wish I had that. People look at me and they're like, we're going to fight. You look at her and it's just like, man, I love this person. Hey, I'm going to ask you uh, in front of your church family, have you asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you? Yes. Are you ready to be faithfully devoted to God for all your days? Yes. Okay. You guys hear that? So I'll ask you to step in. All right. 
So upon that confession of faith, it is my honor to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with him in death, raised to walk in newness of life in Jesus. Amen. Proud of you. Proud of you. Good job. Awesome job. Okay, okay. Uh, Jacob, come on, my man. You guys, this is Jacob. That's a good, strong name. It's a biblical name, dude. We got a lot of stuff in that name. Uh, listen, Jacob is happens to be kin to one of the people who just baptized, right? Yes. Haley is your sister. He claims her. He claims her. Okay. Awesome. These two are tight. They are really thick, and it's an honor for them to be baptized together. So Jacob and I have gotten to speak. I'm going to hand this over to Raheem. But... Um, Jacob has been coming to the youth group as well for a while, and he's, he's pumped about his faith. Even plans to share your faith, right? Awesome. So, uh, Jacob, I'm going to ask you in front of your church family, have you asked Jesus to come in your heart and save you? Yes. Okay. You guys hear that? Now, are you ready to be committed for the rest of your life? Are you committed to Jesus? Yes. Okay. Well, then I will hand this over. I'll hold it for you. I'll hand this over to Raheem. Go ahead and step in. Hey, one extra question. Jacob, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you guys hear? In my mind? A pastor. All right. All right, Jacob, my brother. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with him in death. Raised to walk in newness and life. Man. Good job, buddy. Proud of you. All right, all right. Uh, well, coming in from across our great country, we have uh, a young man who uh, came here to play a little, a little bit of basketball and ended up winning a few souls. Uh, God has used you in a big way during your time here. And, uh, man, it's just been an honor to, to serve beside you. And we really love you, and we're, we're so thrilled that you're here. Um, Dad has come in, and some family has come in. From North Carolina, right? North or South? North. North Carolina. Uh, to be a part of this, and Dad is going to do this baptism. Uh, but Noah, you've been, you've been a part of, of this family for a long time. You've seen him here. You've seen him serving. Tuesday nights, he's over serving. Uh, really sharing his faith. And uh, man, it's been cool. You, you're, you're sending out disciples all over the country from this semester. Uh, so the Holy Spirit's already using you. But I want to ask you, as a proclamation in front of your church family, uh, have you accepted Jesus as both Lord, like boss and Savior? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, are you ready to be faithfully committed, devoted to Jesus? Let's do it. Okay, okay. Well, then let's go ahead, man. Enter in. Okay, Dad, I'm going to hold this for you. Is Marcus is his name. I keep calling him Dad. baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried with him in death, risen to walk with him in life. Amen. Amen. Good, good. Proud of you, brother. Proud of you. Love you, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Listen, God is moving, and uh, I hope that, man, I hope that you feel liberated. I, mean, I, know, I know today is sort of, a, sort of a, a tough teaching, but this is what, this is what we think. Uh, God, is, God is ready to lift a cloud from over you that society has put on you, thinking that you've hit a ceiling, that you've hit a cap. No, He wants to take you to spiritual highs that you've never been. He wants to take you on a date to someplace you ain't never been. And he's just waiting to get out of the friend zone sometimes because he doesn't play that game. And so I hope that encourages you. Uh, baskets are going to come forward. If you tithe an offering, that's the appropriate place to put that. But also if you have your connection card, uh, please uh, fill out your connection card. Place that in the basket as well. Uh, better yet, uh, prayer team, would you please stand up? Uh, we have a prayer team, and they would love to be here and pray with you. Would you go ahead and make your way to this front aisle now? During, during worship, you can come on up, or if you want to wait till after service, uh, when everybody turns to leave, come up. They want to pray with you and minister to you. Uh, so, so we have that. Man, that's best case scenario. We want you to be with that. Uh, other than that, man, what a day. Awesome. Please stand and worship with us.